God bless the city of Rock Hill. Rock Hill is such a special place. You're going to know Rock Hill from more than Football City USA. Pathways, Indoor Center, Knowledge Park. It's just a wonderful time to be in Rock Hill right now. The city of Rock Hill is one of the only destinations that fully gets it. It builds world-class venues that are better than anywhere in the United States. Hello and welcome into the Rock Hill CityCast. My name is Matthew Cray alongside my co-host Ashley Studebaker. We're here to bring you all things about the city of Rock Hill and what's going on within it. We want to inform you. Today in studio with us, we have Eric Ryder. Eric is with the American Cornhole League. And Eric, what's your official title? I am the general manager for the new ACL headquarters. That's awesome. And uh, how does it feel to be here today? It feels great. Uh, This is just an exciting time for us and uh, exciting time for cornhole in general. Well, we're going to dive a little bit more into the cornhole world in a minute, but we want to get to know you. And so what we're going to do, we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. Ashley, get that ready. Yes. And we're just going to ask you a bunch of questions to try and get to know a little bit about you. So, Ash- Ashley, you just let me know when you're ready over I there. I am ready. You're ready? Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll do this. All right. All right. What is your favorite food? Pizza. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, this is funny. A truck driver. The truck driver, <laughs> not not a cornhole player. Um, <laughs> would you rather have dinner with Buzz Lightyear or Woody? Uh, definitely Woody. Okay. Most famous person you've ever met? Tito Ortiz. What is your favorite type of music to listen to? Uh, alternative. Favorite artist? I love the fray. Okay. How long have you been in Rock Hill? I live in Lake Wiley, but I work in Rock Hill and been here for a couple years. Awesome. Are you are you a morning or night person? Definitely a morning person. Okay. If you could delete one part of getting ready in the morning, what would it be? Wait. So you would delete it, but you would still get the benefit of it. Uh, having the alarm go off. All right, <laughs> that's a good one. Oh. Uh, what time do you eat dinner? Typically between five and six. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Oh, uh, <laughs> probably like octopus or something. Octopus? Yeah. That's good. I think we're a little we're over at, a minute. We're at a minute. Can I, can I do a bonus question? I think uh, we might can each get one in. You go ahead. Okay, go ahead. All right. Um, favorite city you've ever visited? Oh, gosh. I've traveled a lot lately. Um, phew. Probably San Diego. San Diego. Okay. That's a good one. All right. Mine's not as interesting. It's a little more fun. (laughs) But how many ducks do you think you could fight off by yourself before you had to ask for help? Probably, uh, it'd have to be six. Six ducks? (laughs) Six ducks. (laughs) I feel like I'm probably, if they're the big geese one, those... Those are a little bit more vicious. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's those are some fun things about you, Eric. But tell us a little bit about you as it pertains to cornhole. How did you get involved in the cornhole world? Well, about twelve. I'd say about twelve years ago, I was just at a at a party at someone's house, and uh, someone pulled out some some boards and started playing. And I had had no idea what cornhole was at the time. And at the time, uh, it was basically. You know some plywood put together by some two by fours and uh, and corn bags at the time it was corn in the bag and which the evolution of cornhole since then is just it, it, it's it's crazy where it's gone but so 
I went home that day and I was I kind of Googled cornhole and boards and you know you got to be careful when you go cornhole but mm-hmm. anyways um, so I ordered some boards uh, and then started playing in the neighborhood became pretty good I thought I was the king of the neighborhood and <laughs> me and my son Trey um, we started playing together and and then we learned that there was this whole cornhole community in the area that we never knew of. There was players that had been playing for five or ten years prior to me even picking up a bag. And they were really good. And we went to a couple events that we had heard about. And we just got our butts absolutely kicked. <laughs> I mean, it was ugly. We don't think Didn't we know there was a strategy, think, huh? I think, I think we went 0-2, and, and I don't even know if we scored a point. And where, was, where were you at this time? I was living in Charlotte. Okay. And we played our first event at the old um, Charlotte Stadium in Rock Hill, where they did the baseball. Okay, uh, the old Knight Stadium. The old Knight Stadium, yeah. And that was our, that was our first experience. And then we learned that there was weekly stuff going on uh, in Fort Mill, and there was tournaments going on every Monday and Wednesday night. So we decided to go to there, go to those different events. And one thing led to another. We just started playing a lot and playing, and realized that wow. There's a lot of different events going on on a weekly basis. We started playing. And then it evolved. My son ended up going to college, and I kept playing. And that's where Mind Game really developed into uh, what I am now as a professional cornhole player. And then how did that turn into your position now as the GM over at the new headquarters? So the ACL was established uh, you know, back in 2017, 2018, in that time frame. And I became one of the first what they call OG professionals. It was 14 of us. And we signed a contract with the ACL and, and became uh, really the first group of professional cornhole players. At the time, too, uh, I got to know Stacy Moore, who was the commissioner owner of the ACL. And, and I loved the vision. And my son and I had talked about the vision of cornhole. We could see it on TV way back then. 10, 12 years ago, and then with Stacy's vision and what he was doing, uh, we were like, we have to get on board. So I decided I would work and help out part-time. You know, I still have my full-time job. And then, uh, you know, there became a point where um, I said, you know, Trey was just getting out of school. I said, you know, we had an opening for uh, a color guy on our broadcasts, our Hmm. digital broadcasts. He's actually the face of Cornhole right now on ESPN. He's the one that you see on he, on TV. When okay. We, wow. Uh, it's Trey Ryder. Yeah, he's a, he's our CMO. And uh, so he came on board. He auditioned for that piece, and he's kind of the Tony Roma Cornhole right <laughs> okay. now. So, uh, but then uh, I stayed with it. I kept playing, and I kept helping out. A little over a year ago, I decided I would um, – I wanted to – really go full-time I had planned on going full-time two years ago and I got cancer Um, so Mm -hmm. that kind of put a wrench in things at the time Mm -hmm. I had to go through a bunch of treatments and I I couldn't make the switch over from my full-time job so you know I went through all the different what I had to do to to you know get rid of the cancer and then um, this past you know a little over a year ago I decided hey I'm gonna I'm gonna jump over and make the switch to full-time and at that time I was really going to manage the merchandise side of things and the business development side of things and then this then we moved to Rock our headquarters from Charlotte to Rock Hill Mm -hmm. and then we created this whole new HQ event center and that's when Stacy said hey 
uh, why don't you come in and be the general manager? So. so I know you said about 12 years ago, when would you say your passion for cornhole kind of started to develop since it was kind of a... Uh, immediately. Immediately. I wow. Got, I got bit by... And most <laughs> people that, that will tell you that when they first started playing, the really the professionals or the people that are diehards, they get bit by the bug immediately. It hits wow. them and hits them hard. And then they just... And plus they're super competitive to begin with. And this, this was an outlet for me because I had always been athletic. I'd always been, uh, you know, active in a lot of different things. And so this was a, a good way for me to stay competitive. At the same time, uh, you know, I didn't have to hurt myself doing it. <laughs> <laughs> what type of training goes into becoming a professional? I know you talked about how you got your butt kicked at first. You know, I, used, I put a set of boards outside in my backyard, and uh, I left them there overnight, mm. all, every day. I would go out every single day and throw and throw and throw and throw. Um, you know, and to become that good, you know, I realized you had to, you know, throw 500 to 1,000 bags a day at wow. least. Um, and it was almost every day. Uh, I remember there was times in the neighborhood where, you know, you could – you could hear the thumping of the boards, you know, because we used to do a lot with the neighbors and at night it would get kind of quiet at night. And then by 10, 11 o'clock at night, it would be really quiet, but you could hear throughout the neighborhood the thump of the boards because we'd all <laughs> be out there playing all, you know, pretty much all night. But it took a lot of practice uh, to get to the level where I can compete with some of the better players. Do you find yourself having interesting conversations out in public or just in general with people as far as, because cornhole is... You know, people don't know it as a competitive game. So they do you, don't. when you say you're the general manager of Cornell, yes. you know, do do people give you kind of some odd looks? Yeah, they they do. Uh, but with the exposure on TV and with the amount of players that are playing now, and and you know, it's amazing how big the equipment business is in Cornell right now is, and so. It's really widespread, and people are getting more and more familiar with it. But I, I do occasionally get people, you know, uh, what do you do? And I give them the, the scenario, mm-hmm. and they're like, really? And, and it's, it's usually the same reaction. I never knew it was that, yeah. that, that big. <laughs> and, but if you see it on CBS or NBC or ESPN, you realize, wow, this is really, this is, you know, it was an article on ESPN page recently about taking it to an olympic sport and that ultimately Mm. is our goal okay wow yeah now i've watched some of those espn events and Mm. i really zero every cornhole player seems to have their own routine if you will Mm -hmm. now you know some people have their headphones in some people are wearing shoes some are wearing Mm flip-flops is there any strategy to that or is it to each their own it is pretty much each you know to each their own because there are so many different bags and so a bag is the is the main tool for the cornhole player mm-hmm. we have 48 different bag manufacturers that are approved bag makers within our organization and you only can use use approved play with approved bags to play in our events and so each professional has specific bags that they like to use mm. and uh in you know a, a professional bag has two sides to it. One has a, a stickier side, one has a slicker side. Mm. All the bags have plastic resin in them. Um, so the, the bag evolution, uh, where it was and to where it is now, is is incredible. I mean, 
I've already been approached by two bag manufacturers this year to, to sponsor me and my partner this year. Oh, wow. Um, so it's, it's a huge, enormous, multi-million dollar business now. And now with all the, all the professionals, you know, wanting to be, and, it, and they're trying to cater to the different professionals. There's a lot of, there's a lot of negotiating right now going behind the scenes right now with different players and different bag makers. Uh, to get them on board so it's really involved um, so I, I understand that there's sponsorships involved but can you kind of how much are these bags like do you have to purchase bulk like or the boards itself how much is well, that price so as a player you know if we're sponsored we don't have to you know we don't have to pay for the bags. right but if you were to go out and buy bags let's say from all cornhole all the cornhole.com mm -hmm. they're they're the bags that i used this this past year I use all slides. Some people use game changers. Um, there's different, they have different series of bags. Uh, if you were to go out and buy a set of eight bags from someone like All Cornell, it'll cost you between 100 and 120 bucks uh, for eight bags. Um, depends on where you buy bags. Uh, I know that some bags are more expensive uh, than others, and the market right now uh, is pushing that up and up and up. Mm -hmm. Now, I know. You talked about how one side's sticky, one side slick. Is it part of the strategy, depending on what's on the board, to get it to land on that specific side? Well, every player that plays, when you throw a bag, it, it's supposed to come out of your hand flat okay, and fly and spin flat and land flat. And so the idea is when it hits the, the board, it slides straight. If you have a tilt to the bag, and either way, your bag's gonna kind of jump to one side or the other. And a, there are different shots that are intentional to that. There are guys now, uh, including myself, that have a repertoire of different shots. And you know, not only do you just have your basic slide shot, uh, a basic block shot, which is putting a, a bag right in front of the hole, or an AML shot, which is over the bag and directly into the hole without touching anything. Uh, there's evolved these bounce and cut shots and roll flop shots so if, if there's a bag on the on the board a lot of guys can take a bag and start it on this side of the hole on the right side of the hole and make it kick left and jump over the bag that's in front of them hmm. so it's amazing what players especially the younger kids i mean these younger kids <laughs> what they can do with a bag they, they they'll throw it the bag at an angle so it's tilted up and then it'll hit the the board just in front of a bag and it'll bounce and it'll bounce wow. right up and over the bag. Wow. So, yeah. you know, it's amazing where it's, where it's These gone. These terms. I mean, I just, I'm used <laughs> yeah. to hearing board, bag, no. you know. You got the, the, the flop V block, shot, the, the yep. flop yep. shots, yep. Air, your air, air mails. Um, is, I know they have, uh, what, if you get four in a row, it's a, a four bagger. Four bagger. And I saw, I was watching the celebrity match, and we'll get to that uh, from the World Championships. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm. But they were interacting with the crowd for and ones and and twos mm -hmm. to, and I guess, knock a bag off the board and get it to go in. An and one shot is, uh, has become a more popular shot now. So if, if someone has a bag on the back of the board that's not off the board, but it's not in the hole, a lot of times a player will throw it and try to hit the back of the board, hit the edge of that bag, knock that bag off and have their bag, and they call it an N1. It's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> so when you first started playing about 12 or so year ago, mm. years ago, um, and you, end quote, got your butt kicked, uh, were you just kind of tossing it? I was just, yeah. It was pretty much, 
uh, just grabbing it and throwing <laughs> like it. Like the rest it, of us. Yeah, ex- exactly. And then that when I went to the, my first tournament, and then I realized and then saw the way some of the players were throwing it and the way they were spinning it and getting it to throw, to fly, you know, kind of like a, just like a flying saucer. It just spins and it just drops flat. And I was like, wow, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, there's something else to this. Yeah, there is. <laughs> So world championships, you held those recently at the Rock Hill Sports and Event Center. Mm-hmm. How'd it go? Amazing. We had uh, 28, about 28 different events throughout the week, starting on Monday through Sunday. We had 128 sets of boards, uh, each of them with their own mats uh, laid out on the floor of the event center. We also had our broadcast uh, set which was the main court where the ESPN broadcast was plus we had our live streaming courts we had three or four live streaming courts going on at the same time so you could watch Cornhole all day long on social media or our ACLDN network which is our digital network uh, it was just an incredibly successful amazing week any player that, that came out to play uh, just had a great time and uh, it culminated with an amazing broadcast on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in ESPN. What was that? What, what's that like? The growth of Cornhole and now being on the worldwide leader of sports? Yeah, it, it's, it's truly when you take intermediate divisions, competitive division, advanced division, and a pro division, and you bring them all together, you have a thousand to two thousand unique players that are coming together during that week and competing in all these different divisions. It's, it's, that's the intermediate and the lower divisions is where uh, the development comes. They can see, they watch these professionals on TV and they wanna be a professional. And we give them the opportunity to start at the intermediate level, advance to the competitive level, advance to the advanced level, and then eventually become a pro. And in order to become a pro, we actually give players the opportunity at the end of that championship week, we have a, what we call a pro qualifier. In play, we had 512 players that were competing for basically 32 open spots in our pro division. So every year our pro division has about 250 players. And if you become one of those pro players, you play in five different nationals throughout the year. In addition to your regular regional tournaments, which are once a month locally, and then conference tournaments, which are, for us, it's our conference is made up of North and Car- South Carolina players. We have three of those a year. And then there's open events where all divisions can come together and, and earn points towards their rankings. I think the number one question in sports right now is we went from no spectators last year and pretty much everything to spectators. So can you kind of touch on that a little bit as far as you didn't have any last year, correct? And then this year, what was that like actually having people witness what you put together? Yeah, it was uh, when we were in the middle of COVID, we had some of our national, big national events. I remember specifically this one event where I was able to, it's very difficult to make it in advance to the level where you're actually playing on TV because what people don't what see, people see on TV is really the basic final four or final eight of a huge tournament so in order to get that far you have to be had to have had a good day and I had a good day one one tournament and I was able to uh, make it onto the broadcast and it was 
quiet as a mouse. Mm. And my son, who was broadcasting, who was doing the color, and Jeff, who was doing the play-by-play, I could literally hear everything that they were saying while I was standing there. And it was just, I mean, they were, they were telling me what I was going to do before I was even going to do it. And because that's, that's kind of what they do. Uh, and it was just, it was, it was a strange feeling because it was so quiet. Now we go to the world championships this past, you know, this past week and the stands were absolutely filled. It was our best broadcast as far as spectators go that we've had so far. It was electric. I mean, some of the shots that people made and then the crowd just went crazy. Um, that's what we were waiting for. That's what we were looking for. That's what we've been striving to get. Because when fans go and watch this, we get a much different reaction than when we have just players coming to watch the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Fans actually are just super excited. And when they see a shot like, you know, an end one or an airmail drag or something like that, they just go, people go crazy. But, you know, for a pro, for us to be watching it, it's like, okay, it's a good shot. We, I mean, but it's, it's, it's. There's a so level much. of respect there, but maybe not the same level of awe and amazement. Exactly. Now, you guys had some hotly contested matchups. One of my favorites was the celebrity matchup. <laughs> and I want to know how you guys came up with that. But before you answer the question, I thought it was so cool. Because normally when you watch a cornhole match, the players are locked in. As you said, there is a level of where it's quiet with or without spectators Mm -hmm. when they're throwing. Mm -hmm. Players were interacting with the audience. The audience was chanting at them on what throws to make. I thought it was super successful. Who came up with that and how did did that come to be what it was? So a a couple years ago we came up and and we've done this with the... uh, the super bowl what we call a super hole and we we always run the super hole event the weekend of the super bowl it's usually the weekend of our first national every year so it's usually like the end of beginning of february and so we have this super hole event we try and bring in celebrities past celebrities or uh legends of football uh i know you know we had doug flutie in there one year mm-hmm. i mean one time we had uh, you know couple of the quarterbacks from this past season uh and you know what it does is and like you said this past event was to me was the best event that we've had as far as a celebrity event because of the interaction of with the celebrities and the players and the fans and it was because I actually watched it on tv and it was like I said it was just a lot of fun you know, to watch it on TV and to be a part of that. But it's just something that, that we strive to do. We've done this multiple times. We did it in Atlanta uh, with some of the Falcon players um, at one of our CBS shootouts. And then we try, you know, in some of these bigger events, we, tr- we try and bring in some of these celebrities and, and make it fun for them. Now, I think the overwhelming answer to this would be yes, but as far as viewership and participation increase, can you kind of maybe give us some numbers, whether it is viewership maybe for these world championships or just participation in general? <laughs> as far as numbers go, I would uh, I, it, 
it's grown exponentially. I, I don't have true numbers. That would be something that uh, obviously, uh, you know, my son would be able to, <laughs> right. to, to just rattle off off the top of his head. Mm. Uh, but ESPN signed a contract with us. Johnsonville has signed on with us. Uh, mm. We are super excited to carry on this journey with CBS and ESPN. And, and if we weren't doing so well, then we wouldn't continuously be on TV. And, and that's where the really where everybody is just thriving right now is, is on these networks. And have you noticed increased interest in your tournaments? So wh- whether it's the, the, I don't know what level you have to enter to play at or what level you started at, but I imagine that if it's increased, as you said, it's becoming harder and harder to get to the top. It is super. This rookie class of professionals that are coming in, we have some teenagers that are just phenomenal just like so difficult to even come close to beating uh and this rookie class is just going to (laughs) be it's incredible uh so last year we saw a tremendous growth locally just in rock hill in the intermediate and competitive divisions which are our two lower divisions um we'll get over 100 players at a regional on a on a saturday and so what we do is it allows those players to come out and start competing in, in kind of figuring out where they stand as far as their talent level and their skill, the skill level. And so they'll come out and they'll play singles tournament and a doubles tournament uh, at a regional. Uh, and then if they do well, then they have the opportunity to move up in the different divisions locally. And then they can go to a conference tournament, which is even bigger and then they can go to an open event. Open events usually carry four to 500 players from all around the country. It depends on where it is. But it really allows those younger players to, to go out and compete against other players of their similar skill level and develop that way. And that's really where the game is, it, it has, has come because the numbers and growth is just tenfold in the past even past two years it's amazing the past two years how many players that we had come into a regional between 20 and 30 and now we're over 100 to 20 120 to 130 it's crazy and this this is a completely innocent question um i know a goal is to make it an olympic sport are there any colleges that have this as a sport not as a sport okay so we're getting ready to start our college we're going to have a college tour uh it's 16 different i think it's 16 different weeks of uh weekends of different events that we're going to have throughout the fall and it'll culminate at the end usually in december at the end of summer we have our college championships and so uh we'll have qualifiers play college kids can qualify at any of these qualifiers and then at the end of December uh, they can come out and compete for the college national championships so you guys recently opened your new headquarters in the Rock Hill Sports and Event Center mm-hmm. what sparked the connection between the ACL and Rock Hill that eventually brought you guys here well we were 
we were Charlotte based and we knew we, we saw the growth in Rock Hill and the opportunities that Rock Hill was presenting uh, with the development, you know, just with, you know, uh, residential and restaurants and just the development in general. And then they created this event center uh, and we had our world championships last year at the event center. We didn't, and our headquarters was still in a warehouse in Charlotte. And then one thing led to another. We started talking with, you know, the folks at, um, at the Lowenstein building and Tuttle Company and we decided, and then we looked at some space there and, and we really wanted to bring this all together where we could have the world championships in the same place every year, okay? And then also create our world, our world headquarters in the same spot. And it just happened to come together just the way it, it did. And then originally we were just gonna have our offices there, our corporate offices in the event center or in that Lowenstein part of the building. And then we got this 10,000 to 12,000 square foot space and then we're like, well, what can we do with this? <laughs> so what, what did you What do? are some oh, of the amenities there? Yeah. Uh, so if you, ever, if you go in there, we have 13 sets of boards uh, set up. Oh, we just opened up and we had, you know, 60 to 70 people that came out and played and we had a blind draw and uh, it, was, it was amazing. Uh, and then, but this facility is open, you know, every day of the week, seven days a week. Oh, wow. Four to seven, Monday through Friday, we have happy hour. You can come in, have a drink. Uh, you can pay $5 and, pay, and play on any of the courts between four and seven. Normally, the court rentals are $20 uh, an hour per, you know, per court. And uh, if you need bags, we can provide you with bags for $5 rental fee. And, uh, and then, but throughout the week, we have different events that goes on, so Mondays, and Wednesdays we'll have different blind draws. On Thurs on Tuesdays we'll have a ladies' night. On Thursday we'll have a college night, and then the weekends we'll we'll kind of have some other events going on as well. But it's a facility that's open every single day now. What's uh, the biggest challenge that you faced in turning cornhole? Because clearly you've been around for much of the growth. Mm -hmm. So from turning cornhole from a yard game into a widely respected competitive event, like. What has been the biggest challenge for you? I don't know if it's, you know, for the ACL where they started was for people to buy into our vision, uh, Stacy Moore's vision of the American Cornhole League, which for him was to create, um, you know, an avenue for players to come in and develop and and create a pro level division and that's really what we wanted people to buy into and have the different divisions where people could develop over time and it took a little bit of time to for people to actually buy into it you know we got the we, we got all kinds of criticism and it was just we remained focused uh, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that goes into production. You know, we travel so much during the year, and so there's a lot that goes into, you know, putting on these uh, these events. And now we're at the point where people are just 
you know, I can't tell you how many people come up to me on a daily basis and just say, man, I love what you guys are doing, you know, um, love where the growth of the sport is, you know, and you, you don't have to be a professional to enjoy it. You know, you can still, right. we provide, you know, the different divisions for people to compete in, you know, whether you're really good or, or just an average, you know, player. What does a normal day look like for you and your staff? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's not a normal sport. So yeah, it's or a normal be, job. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on. I just came from a, a merchandise meeting, for example. You know, was, uh, you know, there's different pieces of this that have to come together. You know, we're, we have a manufacturing plant now, facility over on Mount Gallant. We, we make all of our boards, all of our equipment over on Mount Gallant. It's an 80,000-square-foot building that we got involved with uh, almost a year ago now. And we manufacture, oh, gosh, I don't know how many sets of boards a day. A lot. Uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, between that and planning events, we have – you know, between the open events, which is about 16 open events a year, five national events, uh, conference events, uh, doing bag testing. We do bag testing and bag man, bag approvals. So and if you if you were to submit a bag, you wanted to be on our list to be an approved bag maker, you have to submit samples to us. We have to test the bags. We have to make sure that they're compliant. They have to be a certain thickness. They have to be a certain length and width. They have to... Um, so you know there's certain standards that we have to we're constantly updating our documentation we're do constantly you know updating and staying on top of things for me managing i've never really managed something like this before uh it's a whole different world because i mean it, it not only is it a bar but it's it's our headquarters it's um trying to keep the the game growing and what can I do to help promote that and so being here for example is, is just one other avenue uh, we're trying to develop a marketing plan for getting the word out there you know that we're open and that people can come and, and play and have a good time and and hang out and are there Corno. social media accounts that people can follow and kind of keep up yes, with you guys? Yes, we have our American Corner League Facebook page. We have our American Corner League headquarters Facebook page, Instagram pages. Uh, we also have our website, uh, iplaycornhole.com. And then we have our, which is also you can see our headquarters on that page as well. And the the ACL, so is that the only, are you guys the only cornhole league or are there multiple leagues? There's other leagues. Okay. Uh, we are by far the biggest and, and the best. Uh, and the best, <laughs> no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, we've had, I, you know, we've had other leagues that have come and gone. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some other smaller leagues out there and people play in those leagues. It's just fine. Uh, we've had a lot of people that have come from other leagues and you know hmm. joined us and and that seems to be the trend now this is the rock hill city cast and so i think a good way to wrap this up you guys have finished your move to rock hills you said you recently opened your new headquarters in the rock hill sports and events center what do you love about being down here now about rock hill uh rock hill 
from what I've seen so far, it's just, I mean, a lot of good development. I, I love going down to Riverwalk. I love um, the different restaurants around here. Uh, Food Truck Friday is fantastic. Um, the other different markets that they have going on, uh, open markets. Uh, it's just it's just a great place to be. Um, I get people all the time that ask me, you know, what's it like to live there? What you know, and you know, I love being here and being a part of what, I, what I'm doing over at the HQ facility because the area that we're in now is just exploding with development mm-hmm. and all around us, uh, it's, I, I, I don't see a, <laughs> it, it, it any anytime soon. Well, is there anything that we're missing or that you'd like to add? Uh, no, just come see us. Uh, <laughs> come out, play some cornhole and, and uh, you know, just enjoy yourself. I'm ready to go play some cornhole. Oh, yeah. I'm, let's, I'm amped. Let's so. uh, what, lace them up. I, that's Field not trip. proper. Yeah. I, maybe I'll wear my slides. I don't have to lace them up. <laughs> I'll grab my well, headphones. We do. We, we do uh, I just wanted to add that, you know, not only is it open to just individuals coming in and playing, but if you wanted to uh, have a birthday party or if you wanted oh, okay. to bring, do some team building with a company or something like that. We've had a few companies that have rented out the entire facility. We'll run the tournaments for you. We'll put together fundraisers as well. With, you know, we can work with you, and we'll we'll do whatever you need. Well, Eric, thank you for joining us yes, today here you. on the Rock Hill City Cast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill City Cast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.